Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What is going on, guys? Josh Salvo here. Before we get into today's podcast episode, I wanted to uh, speak a little bit about our membership program that we created a little over six months ago at this point. Uh, if you're not familiar, what we did is we built this platform that gives members discounts of up to 50% off 90 plus startups. Many of these startups are the brands that we interview on this podcast. Um, So the reason we created the platform is really to help uh, outdoor enthusiasts discover new innovative startups really related to their favorite outdoor activities, whether it's skiing, climbing, hiking, camping, whatever, really, um, and be able to get a discount on them. So basically, in addition to that, you can also apply to become an ambassador for, for these brands um, all from one location. You can do it basically with a click of a button. makes it super simple. Uh, we'll also showcase a lot of the new products that these brands are working on. Uh, you can get access to demo and trade show deals up to 60% off all of their stuff at the end of the season. Um, and lastly, we have a private Facebook group for everyone who participates uh, to get to know us and each other on a more personal level and really help us um, build the future for really the outdoor space and showcase new innovative brands. So if you want to check it out, head over to readyyeti.com slash members and uh, you can get your first month free. What is going on, Ready Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host on today's episode. I'm sitting down with the founder of D-Curve, Andrew Strauss. How are you doing, Andrew? Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. Hey, Josh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Without a doubt. So for the listener that may not be familiar with D-Curve, how would you best describe your business to uh, someone brand new? Well, D-Curve is a sunglasses, goggles, and helmets company. We do both ski helmets and bike helmets. And uh, we are focused on uh, mainly the outdoor lifestyle, the active outdoor lifestyle, but we have sunglasses that um, can answer any kind of needs from fashion to performance and everything in between. That's interesting. So how, how did you get into doing this sort of work and then starting D, uh, D-Curve? Well, I, when I moved to Colorado a little bit over 20 years ago, I started working for a sunglass brand. I worked there for about 18 years, and then I started my own company. Well, what made you decide just to uh, go out on your own and, and start D-Curve? I saw some areas where there was a lot of opportunity. I thought I could do things a little bit different. Um, I saw a lot of segments of the industry that were not being met with specific products. So I saw um, an opportunity and I went for it. So were there, was there anything in particular when you were launching that you wanted to really address, like specific things? Well, you know, the, as the sunglass industry uh, goes, it's really... Um, controlled by a giant company um, that owns several brands. And then there's a few other giant companies that also pretty much control the industry. So with that being said, it's at least 75% of the industry is controlled by a few brands that give you the illusion of choice. 
And so there's a lot of overpriced products out there that don't perform well. And that's where we saw an opportunity to offer really great products at a moderate price. We can uh, build and create products that are equal to or better than a lot of our competitors and we can sell them at um, less of a cost. So really the consumer ends up winning in the end. So where, where does the story really start from you? I know you're originally from Northern Virginia and you went to uh, University of Florida and then eventually you moved to um, Colorado, but what really led you into the eyewear business? Well, I've always been a fan of the outdoors and an outdoor enthusiast. I've loved mountain biking and road biking and snowboarding and skiing and running and hiking and all these outdoor events or activities uh, pretty much my whole life. So when I did move out to Colorado, the the main reason was the mountains. Um, Before that, I left Virginia for Florida, really for the sun and the ocean. So I've really followed my interests and again I love the outdoors and so when I started working at a sunglass company originally moving after I moved to Colorado it was just a natural fit um, like I said I, I love the outdoors and I love to promote being active in the outdoors so um, again it's trying to get people to um, follow their passions and make it easier for them to do so. Obviously, you need a really good pair of sunglasses or goggles if you're going to be outside and you need to protect your eyes. So it all kind of fit together. Right. Now, so the business launched in January of 2016 at SIA. Uh, You started working on it about a half a year before that. So you're about two and a half years old. Um, When you got started, what steps did you really take in developing your product and fine-tuning it and sort of working out all the bugs to now the wide variety of products that you, you offer on, on D-Curve between the goggles, the sunglasses, the helmets, all of that? Um, how did you really develop that process into what you have now? Well, we started with the basics on the biggest opportunity and our number one product that we thought could really make a difference and that's our goggle and that's where the name D-curve came from which is a double lens curve for a goggle and basically that's just uh, two lenses that are basically glued together to prevent fogging. So that's where the name came from and our signature goggle has a lot of attributes that no one else has. So we're the first company to ever introduce a snow goggle with a removable goggle foam. So that's where the first opportunity came, seeing that there's no product out there that really enables the user to wash the foam after you're finished using it, uh, getting rid of all the sweat and sunscreen and makeup and any other kind of dirty materials that accumulate on foam after time. So uh, currently it would be like going to the gym and using the same gym clothes every day and never washing them. No one would do that. But for some reason, they do do that with their goggles and their goggle foam. And there really is a, something called goggle zits. So people really do have bad reactions from all the 
bad uh, chemicals and dirt that accumulates on your goggles over time. And so we found this opportunity to answer that as well as it on a pair of goggles. Typically over time, there are three parts that wear out. One of them would be the foam. And so it's a little bit of a greener approach to products. So you don't have to throw away your entire pair of goggles just because the foam wears out or gets disgusting or the strap gets all stretched out because we also have interchangeable straps and we sell add-on pieces or additional pieces. And then the third part that typically over time wears out are the lenses. And again, our lenses are also interchangeable. So it's just gonna add a, a life to the existing product and keep a lot of old products out of the landfills. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you bring up a lot of really great points in how um, your product's unique. And before I discovered uh, your brand, I never really thought about the fact that um, I don't interchange the uh, or wash <laughs> the foam on my goggles because I've probably had, I probably have like 100 plus days on my current pair of goggles. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like there have been days where I've been sweating, you know, because it's a spring day and it's hot. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. And like that definitely gets disgusting over time. <laughs> I'm going to be a lot more conscious about it. <laughs> yeah, it's something that most people just never think about. And so, again, that's um, the perfect opportunity for us to introduce our brand. And on top of that, we have a lot of other attributes that really aren't being developed in the, the product lines. Uh, one of them being uh, expanded peripheral. So on our flagship goggle, the Lotzi, we offer 145 degrees of peripheral vision. So you're just going to see more without doing anything. A normal goggle has about 120 degrees. So it's going to give you a bigger window to look out of. And therefore, you're going to see more. And so you're going to see the skiers and snowboarders jumping out of the trees or coming out to you from a different angle that you normally wouldn't be able to see with a, a different pair of goggles. Okay, right. Now that's, uh, so there's really two pieces to your business. One is you're, you're taking a product that everyday skier and snowboarders need and use and improving it. In addition to it, you're also offering it at a lower price. So I guess my question is when you launched in 2016, what did you do to really build your brand and and uh, build your customer base? Because obviously, it's a full time thing for you. You have a team of five. Um, it's a, it's a business and it's successful. What did you do? Um, what steps did you take that really helped you go from uh, that start date to where you are now? Well, um, even before the start date, we did a lot of product research and development. Then we started building the goggles. Then we did a lot of testing to make sure that they function and perform correctly. After we got the products out and we launched at the ski show, we've been doing a lot of direct-to-consumer events. Uh, we do everything from bike races and rides to fun runs and serious runs, uh, beer fests and uh, county fairs, anything to get the products directly to the consumers give them an opportunity to try them on and see them and see the difference between our products and our competitors. 
So there's multiple steps involved with just getting out there. Then, of course, on top of that, we do a lot of direct-to-consumer advertising. Again, we're, we're battling a lot of existing brands out there that have a, a huge budget and um, a lot of history that we can't compete with. So it's really important to keep spreading the word. We do a lot of social media, um, like I said, print ads, radio, um, direct-to-consumer events, and, and we've done some uh, videos as well. So we're, we're kind of hitting uh, the market on every level that we can think of. How long into launching the business did it take for you for it to really gain traction and for it to become your full-time um, job? Well, we, it's been a full-time job since uh, even before we launched, since the idea came about. Um, but since then, we work as a group really well together to consistently improve the products, develop new products look for other opportunities, and uh, like I said, build uh, our network of consumers so we can continue to get this name out there that most people have not yet heard of. Now, obviously, you, you have 20 years experience in, in the industry. Did you have any specific mentors that really helped you build D-Curve into what it is today? Well, Working at the previous company, I worked with a lot of great people. The industry is somewhat small and concentrated, so I do know most of the people within the industry. I had some great mentors along the way. I've worked with some awesome uh, manufacturers, and I've developed a lot of relationships with everyone that I do work with currently and I have worked with in the past. Um, to continue to grow this brand and offer the public some alternatives to the giant, big box, boring brands that are out there that control the industry. Now, did you, did you bootstrap this business when you got started or did you have some funding? No, I would call it bootstrapping. I mean, we've definitely cashed in our life savings to begin the brand and we've put everything in it. Um, so it's, it's been, uh, a process to get the funding and grow. It's a lot of initial investment to create something new. The goggle molds are and helmet molds and sunglass molds are very expensive. And that's why it is kind of a exclusive group and of companies that control the industry because it's very hard and expensive to break into as a new company. And stressful, I can imagine. <laughs> um, yeah, it's stressful just like any business, but also a lot of fun and being a snowboarder and a mountain biker and a hiker and a really just an outdoor enthusiast. It's great to be able to be involved with this industry. It's very exciting and there's, uh, I certainly love to do all the product testing and innovations. Um, but with that being said, really every business has got a degree of stress to it. And there's a lot of day-to-day um, -day operational stuff that is 
not so exciting. Yeah, it just comes with the territory of starting a business, but it's definitely uh, can be exciting. Um, now, you've touched on this a little bit when you're talking about the interchangeable uh, pieces of, of the goggles and with st- sustainability, but I wanted to ask you more specifically um, what your com- what Decurve's commitment is to sustainability and making sure that all the products that you offer are built in the most sustainable way possible. Well, as I said before, we're trying to um, answer a lot of those issues by creating a, first of all the goggle that isn't just such a throwaway product like most goggles have been forever and so I think as the world becomes more knowledgeable about the impact of all the trash we're creating it makes sense to create products that don't have to go into a landfill just because one part part wears out I mean, it would be insane to think that you would throw away your car because the muffler wore out. So it, that is kind of the mentality with goggles currently. So uh, we are hoping to change that, and we are, are hoping to become more green than we already are. Uh, our long-term goal would, do, would be to manufacture in the United States, um, but currently it's very difficult. There's uh, really a handful of countries in the world that produce sunglasses and goggles. And there's only one or two companies at most in the U S that do it. Um, so as the whole world grows with the economy and labor costs, it's great to think of the future and getting some of the manufacturing back to the United States. Um, so that would be an ultimate green goal of ours. Uh, with all that being said, we are very cognizant of anything from uh, shipping with recycling boxes or recyclable boxes to um, implementing procedures in the factory floor to uh, be more environmentally conscious. What would you say has been one of the hardest parts about starting uh, Decurve? The saturated market, it's very competitive. It's very costly to enter the, the market itself. Um, the competition has a um, stronghold that makes it very difficult, and they do have they do implement their policy of copy and crush. So we've already seen that happening a lot where uh, these giant million dollar companies are copying our products and our branding um, in order to dilute our message and crush us. And then it just gives them more opportunity to um, over charge the consumers. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, what, what is, and this could touch on the same thing, but what, would, what did you say is one of your greatest fears in regards to uh, D-curve and how do you manage it? Well, the fear is obviously getting squashed by the competition as they continue to copy our products, um, work, circumvent our patents, Um, We already have had several competitors come up to us at different trade shows and 
salivate over our ideas of the removable goggle foam and some of our other uh, product innovations. So they are not looking to have uh, a competitive environment. What they want to do is control it so they can charge as much as they want. So that, that is a huge fear, and it's a challenge as well. What would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made um, since the start of, of D-Curve? Well, I think initially we came out with too many products, and we weren't able to focus on the the real difference of our flags our flagship products. So after we did come out with um, a large variety of assortment of, of goods, we scaled it back a little bit and we refocused to really concentrate on the products that set us apart. I mean, there's sunglasses, again, uh, have become so oversaturated that people aren't excited to see them because you can go into any Walgreens or any dollar discount store and get them for a dollar. And a lot of events, they simply give them for free. And so what we're really challenged with is getting people to understand the difference between uh, going to a soup kitchen and going to Ruth Chris. You're not going to, they are both a meal, but they're not going to be the same quality. So when people try to compare our sunglasses to a pair that they got for free or a pair that's a dollar is, uh, is a really poor comparison, but that's a challenge that we face and a mistake that we initially made that we um, thought that the average consumer would be able to tell the difference in quality and they just can't. So therefore what we've really done is uh, rebranded some of our materials to really uh, explain the differences between a free pair of sunglasses and our sunglasses, a cheap pair of goggles and our goggles, a cheap helmet and our helmet. And there is a huge difference. So we're, we're, we're trying to sell Ferraris or Teslas. And uh, some people just want a Pinot. And that's fine. Um, that's not our market. And so, again, some people are fine um, with a, a free meal. And some people want to have a lobster. So we need to focus on our target market and the people that will really understand the difference in the quality of the sunglasses. If you buy a, a cheap pair of sunglasses, they might have one layer of coating on them. Some of our sunglasses have 15 layers. Our sunglasses absorb or block blue light. Most cheap sunglasses don't offer any protection for blue light. Blue light's another invisible ray that will ruin your eyes over time. And so people think, oh, I don't need a pair of sunglasses or I'm fine with a cheap pair of sunglasses. And over time, they're going to realize the cost of that decision will be wrinkles or cataracts or macular degeneration. So not everyone's going to be super excited to go pay more for a pair of sunglasses. But 
again, it's just like um, you pay for what you get. And so if you don't care about your eyesight or having wrinkles or protecting your head from a, a fall, then I can't um, pound that information into someone's head. They have to come to that conclusion on their own. Yeah, I mean, cheaper isn't always better, right? That's sort of the philosophy that like a lot of people live by. Um, it's important. It is because, you know, just because something is a little bit cheaper doesn't mean it's ultimately better for you. You know, it's really absolutely. And it's really uh, not too different than healthcare. Some people um, think it's very important to take care of themselves and they want to eat right and exercise and take vitamins and not ingest anything or do anything that's going to harm their body or their mind. And some people don't care. And so really the challenge is focusing on the people that do care about their eyes or their head um, or their safety and are willing to pay a little bit more for the quality that they should get and they should deserve. But that's always up to the individual. And so when we talk about outdoor sunglasses or performance sunglasses, people that exercise or do a lot of activities in the sun tend to be willing to pay a little bit more for good products. Some people that just aren't in the sun very often or just don't care or maybe they're young and haven't really thought of the impacts of 30 years of sun exposure. Um, we have to kind of, we have to figure out a way to educate the consumers a little bit more and the public and help them understand the difference. What advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business in the, uh, in the outdoor space? Um, I would probably tell them to go open up a liquor store or something a lot easier. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very challenging market. Um, you know, it's great. It's exciting. Um, you're dealing with a lot of athletes and really interesting people that I, I love to deal with and people that love the outdoors and love to educate people and inspire so those things are really great. Um, the The challenges, like I said, is uh, fighting your way into that really closed market. So if you're going to show up and create a new brand, make sure you have a lot of money or a very compelling, unique idea. Where do you see D-Curve going in the next year, five years, ten years, if you've thought about it? Absolutely. I mean, our dream is to be the next Smith or Pac. We want to offer something um, a little bit different to the consumers, a little bit of better value. Um, we want to be a worldwide brand. Is there anything in particular, like product-wise, that you see yourself uh, just really excited to expand into? Well, we're working on a lot of new features. Obviously, the the biggest rave right now are um, some kind of magnetic lens for the goggles to make it really easy to switch them out. So we're working on some 
proprietary ideas along that line. Um, I think the, the other major innovation in recent years with helmets is MIPS, which is a way to help reduce the impact um, from certain types of falls in either a ski or a bike helmet. Uh, we're working on some ideas as well on trying to um, minimize concussions or impacts when there is a fall. So some of these ideas um, take quite a while. Like I said, the product innovation and molds, especially for a helmet, are extremely expensive. The testing that goes uh, along with it is very expensive. And it's a timely process. It's not like you just um, 3D print a, a helmet and throw it on and go smash your head into something. It takes a long time to get all the details correct and compliant with any kind of standards that are in place. Then you got to send them off to a lab and have them professionally tested. You get the results. You might have to make some tweaks, um, any kind of improvements, and then you do it again. So it's very timely and expensive, um, but it's all worth it in the end. And if we can create these product innovations like we did with the foam, um, we hope that in the future, some of our innovations will be incorporated with every pair of goggles. I mean, we see that as as the in 20 years that every pair of goggles would have a removable foam, and really, there's no reason why they wouldn't. Why would why would we want to fill up landfills or trash cans with products like I said that can easily be um, fixed if one little part wears out it would just be ridiculous there's there's really not that many other products that are like that that you throw away the whole thing because one component on it wears out yeah no that really is a great point now what would you say is the best part about running d-curve uh, the best part is definitely the the opportunities the the people we're involved with um as i said before being around uh, professional athletes and people that have, or people that are just everyday Joes that just have a passion for the outdoors and just love getting out there. And we deal with nonprofit groups that help bring um, lower income kids out onto the slopes or get them on bikes or take them hiking, giving people opportunities that they would normally not have. So that's really exciting. I, as I said earlier, that we're really trying to promote um, getting outside. And obviously, it's not just the United States, um, but obviously in the United States, we have a huge obesity problem. And um, with video games and everything else that's in this changing world, people just aren't going outside as much as they used to. And so when I think about how much I used to love riding my bike when I was a little kid and how much I used to love running around all the time and going skiing. And so when I see little kids that just go inside and play video games all day, I feel sorry for them and I think they're missing out. Um, so any opportunity to encourage people to go outside and make it easier to do so is really exciting for us. 
Yeah, I can hear I can hear the passion in your voice, and um, you know I, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast and really sharing your story. But before we wrap up, uh, for the listener that's interested uh, in entering to win some product from Decurve and a, and a number of other startups in in the outdoor space, you can head over to ReadyEddy.com uh, and enter for your chance to win. Uh, if you're listening to this between January uh, 16th and February 13th, you can head on over and and check that out. But Andrew, again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to share your story and um, uh, really uh, connect on, on, on what you guys are doing. And if uh, listeners want to keep tabs on what you're doing uh, in the future, where's the best place for them to do that? Decurve.com or any of our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. And again, we really appreciate being on the show. Thank you very much, Josh. Yeah, definitely. And um, excited to see what you guys do in the future. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.